Um, Luke 17, let me get there with you. Well, one, uh, one blessing of, of going to camp or being a part of something like that is um, you get to watch young people grow in their faith. And that's, uh, that's always a blessing. And, you know, it's kind of easy to see young people grow. I mean, your children grow inches every year, right, up until a certain point. Uh, after that, the growth starts to get horizontal. But, uh, you know, your children grow so much in the beginning, you might mark them off on something over there. But uh, that's physical growth. And it's easy to see when you're young, it's exciting. You know, it grew another inch, or, you know, you got another muscle. That's what I'm watching now in my family. Oh, you got another tricep muscle or something like that. But uh, it's a blessing to see young people grow spiritually, because the change is also obvious. Like, wow, I caught you reading your Bible without somebody telling you. Wow, I saw you, like, praying with your friend. Nobody had to tell you. It's, it's, it's more exciting to see them starting to grow that way, leaps and bounds. And what should happen when people come up here like this, or you go to camp and you're an old fart like myself, watching young people storm the aisles and sing the songs of Zion and raise a hand to Jesus and all that stuff that happens at camp. When you see a young, piece, a young person grow in their faith, it makes you, or it should make you, want to grow in your faith. It should make you like, ah, that's just because they're young. Well, that, that's wicked thinking. Amen. Oh, they're going to cool off and they'll be just as Laodicean as I am. That's, that's wicked thinking. That zeal should come and kind of infect you. Let it infect you. Let it bother you. I want to be where they are, spiritually. And in Luke 17, 3, the apostles in this passage are going to ask Jesus to increase their faith. 17.3, Take heed to yourselves, Jesus says. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Right? They wanted to grow. Do you want to grow? Would you like the Lord to increase your faith? Well, I'm wondering today, will you let these young people provoke you to grow or just give up on God and be the, you know, crotchety, you know, miserable person that you want to stay being? Right? I want to challenge you to think about growing your faith. Growing your faith. Let's pray and then we'll just jump in. Lord, uh, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for the seed, for the water, for the light. All the conditions to grow, Lord, are here. And I pray you just help us to grow in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 17, 5, right there I want you to be. Point number one, very simple. Growing your faith starts with prayer. You see that? Growing your faith starts with prayer. It's got to be your desire. You notice the apostles in verse 5, they say, increase our faith. The apostles are not being forced to grow. They're not being challenged to grow. They're not being cajoled or tricked into growing. They're initiating. They're asking Jesus Christ to increase spiritually, to increase in their faith. I want to challenge you. Do you want to grow your faith? Do you want to believe God a little more? Maybe Walk with Jesus Christ a little more closely? Is that your, I hope that's your desire. I wish I could get into your minds and affect your will, but that's the one thing that God will not twist or force. You have your own will, and God says you must be willing, but faith is everything, folks. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, 
it is impossible to please him, meaning God. Would you like to please him? Increase your faith. <laughs> Luke 7, 9, the Bible says, Jesus Christ marveled at a centurion's faith. Would you like to wow your Savior? Would you like to knock his socks off today? Would you like to impress him and make him stop and stand still in his tracks? Increase your faith. Romans eleven twenty 20 says, Thou standest by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith. Romans 14, 23 goes so far as to say, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I hope you're getting the gist here, people. Faith is everything. It's the lifeblood. It's the pulse of your Christian life. It's the, it's the thread of your relationship with God. And if faith is everything to the Christian life, shouldn't you want to grow more of it? Wouldn't you want to put another thread in that tie between you and God so you're a little more closely knit to Him? You know, you go to the doctor and you get your blood taken. The doctor says you need more vitamin D. You need more magnesium. You need more of this. You need more of that. You know what most of you do if you're smart? You put some more of that stuff into your diet or you take some supplements or something like that. You know why? Because you want your life to be better. You want your life to be stronger. You want your life to be more vibrant. So you do what the doctor says. God says faith is everything. You should want more of it. You know, I read about these people. They're growing these uh, survival gardens. You know, because when it hits, it's going to hit. You're going to need your powdered water and your powdered water. Just add water and mix, right? But anyway... They want to grow. I was looking on these websites of people. I'm not growing one. Don't worry. It was for an illustration. But you know, babe, I was. I'm asking for a friend. But anyway, um, they want to grow. Like, what's the right? Though you can grow potatoes. You can grow carrots because you know what? You could survive off these foods. They say. But whatever the case. But how can you possibly survive without faith? How can you possibly thrive as a Christian without growing your faith? Your faith has to increase. It has to grow. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Again, I'm going, I go fast to begin with. I'm on, I'm on 1.5 speed right now. All right? And there's no Red Bull or any of the stuff that Matt Maeda drinks. This is just me. All right? 2 Corinthians 8.12. Right? No Celsius. All right? 2 Corinthians 8.12. The Bible is talking about giving over here in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. But I want to bring it into just you giving God anything, giving God your effort, giving God your growth, giving God your faith. And in 2 Corinthians 8, 12, he says right there, if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. I know you're sitting here, you're like, Pat, how do I grow my faith? What do I need? What do I need to do? What are you trying to get out of me? I'm not trying to get anything out of you. And I don't even know how to grow faith. I don't know how to grow faith. You know how you grow your faith? you got to be willing to grow your faith. God says if you're willing, you got everything you need. You're accepted. It's accepted. Don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry about your deficiencies. Don't worry about your shortcomings. Don't worry about how this going to work. If you're willing to grow your faith, God will grow your faith for you. But you got to be willing. You know, when the, when the car is not running right, like my son's car, you know, we get sensors and him and his Uncle Joe are changing this, and we're changing that, and this is happening, and last night it didn't start, and I'm like cleaning the terminals and the battery, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, and all this crazy stuff is happening. But you know, when something's not running right, when the car's not running right, you change something. I got to change the oil, I got to change the plugs, I got to change this sensor, I got to change this thing. I, you change something, right? Amen? Just nod at me, right? When something's not running right, you change something. 
And if you're not running the Christian life right, maybe you need to change something. And you know what you probably need to change? You know what God's people need to change? Not their purge valve, not the solenoid, not this, not that. You know what they need to change? You need to change your wanter. Your wanter. The things you want. That needs to change. Because faith doesn't grow because you don't want it. You don't want it to grow. You don't care enough to have it grow. You don't care enough about your relationship with God. You don't care enough about getting closer to God. That's why it doesn't grow. But if you could change your wanter and want and be willing, like that verse says, to increase your faith, to grow in your faith, God will make you start running right again. That engine will start humming again, folks. That walk will start being sweet and, and, and just like six feet above the ground if you change your wanter. You know, theologians and people that are smarter than myself, they waste so much time wondering about God's will, 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 will. You know. The mysteries of God's will, 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 will. You know. How many angels can you fit on, the, fit on the head of a pin? I don't know and I don't care. Right? I'm, you know, is God's will is unsearchable. There's even a song in there. Immort- it's a good song, Immortal Invisible. You know, like God is so mystical and God is so hard to understand. And, you know, who hath known the mystery of his will? Who hath... You know, blah, blah, You know what? If we took some of that time that we sit around and pontificate about, you know, does God want this one to be saved? Does God want that one to be saved? And just sit there and just inflate our brains with nonsense talk. If we would spend some of that time and redeem that time by examining our own will, our faith would grow. I do know this. God wants you to grow. God wants you to increase. God wants to see your faith thrive. The question is not, what is God's will, 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 will? The question is, are you willing? Are you willing to grow? Are, that's got to be first. The desire has got to be first. You've got to want it. Do you want it? Number two, go to 2 Thessalonians. I'm already turning the corner here. Look at that. Please don't tell me afterwards like how much you like the short message. I know you did, all right? I know you will. I know you do. I get it, all right? But to that I say... If you all weren't so wicked, I could preach shorter. But I'm kidding. I got my answer worked out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Growing your faith starts with prayer. It's got to be your desire. Number two, and this is the part we don't like. Growing your faith requires problems. It's going to take your determination. Look at 2 Thessalonians 1. Jump in at verse 3. Paul writes to these Thessalonians, the second letter, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, or as it should be, uh, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Paul is commending this church in Thessalonica for their growing faith, and if we were to look for the formula or the recipe, or what did this church have that allowed their faith to grow so much that the Holy Spirit puts a commendation in the Bible about their increasing and their growing. You're not going to like what's in the secret sauce. You're not going to like what this church experienced for their faith to grow. Look at verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. The church in Thessalonica was enduring hardship, difficulty, problems. 
Not problems because they were idiots. Not problems because they were sinning. Problems because they were following the Savior. Read 1 Thessalonians sometimes. It's five short chapters. There's as much as there's verse after verse about the coming of the Lord, there's verse after verse about their sufferings, about their countrymen turning against them, about the persecutions they endured. They were going through it, man. They were going through it. They were taking their licks for the cause of Christ. Verse 5 which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. The brethren there were suffering for the kingdom of God. Not their sin. They were suffering for going to church. They were suffering for living a holy life. They were suffering for denying the world. They were suffering for standing against the wiles of the devil. They were suffering for resisting the flesh. They were suffering for preaching on the street. They were suffering for holding up those scripture signs. They were suffering for giving gospel tracts for their Christmas presents. They were suffering for that. Not for their sin. Because you're an idiot and suffering for it, that's on you. But when you're doing right and suffering for it, that's different. Verse 6, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. They experience trouble because of their faith. Can I tell you the secret ingredient? That's what helped their faith grow. The problems, the persecutions, the difficulties, the afflictions. That's what helped their faith grow. Because I said, growing your faith requires problems. And it will take determination on your part to walk through those valleys or throw in the towel. You can hardly expect anything to grow without some kind of struggle. Amen? Everything grows with struggle. You know, growing pains in your calves when you're a kid. You know, uh, that plant, right? You put that seed in the ground, you water it, it gets light. And you know what that little germinating seed does? It is struggling to break through the surface and shoot forth new life. We talk about that little baby, not a fetus, that little baby inside that womb. You know what that little thing is doing? It's, it's struggling to get out there. It's struggling to get its first breath. We call it labor on a part of the mother and that child. Right? Why? So that life can come forth. Those muscles, right guys? Right, Johnny? Right, guys? Right, those muscles that everybody's posing. You know, guys work out for guys. They definitely don't work out for the girls. They definitely work out for each other. But, you know, <laughs> those muscles must first feel pain before they make any gains. We know that. Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf and dumb from her birth, said... Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. You say, I can't say that, but she could say that. She learned to talk by putting her hands on people's mouths and figuring out the sounds and then repeating the vibrations with her own mouth. And she said, you're not going to grow into the person you want to be without some struggle. Your faith is not going to increase without some pain, without some struggle. That's just life. That's nature and that's life. And that's same in the spiritual realm. There's got to be some difficulty. There's got to be some challenge. And I know we don't like that. We scorn discomfort. We want to avoid discomfort like the plague. Our whole life is predicated on avoiding pain and just feeling pleasure. We don't want to sweat when it's hot. 
We don't want to shiver when it's cold. We don't want our butt to go numb when we sit down. We want everything to be just climate controlled, extra cushioned, lumbar supported, and everything is just perfect and wonderful and nice. How about the folks like the Puritans who sat in church all day, dressed to the nines, covered in head to toe, on wooden plank, you know, pews? And they preached for a long time. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm just saying we got to lean into the discomfort when God puts it on us, not run away from it. It's going to take some determination to do that. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, if you want to grow your faith. 1 Peter 1, 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept, this is a blessing, you can say amen to any of this, who are kept by the power of God, through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen for that. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. I'm excited about Jesus coming, aren't you? I'm excited about his, his appearing, aren't you? Though now, for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness, through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I don't know. I like the beginning of verse 6. I don't know if I like the end of verse 6 because he says it's going to be great when Jesus comes. Won't Won't it be wonderful there? Hallelujah. Amen. But he says, but now it might be heavy. If need be. Why would you need to be in heaviness? That your faith might grow. That your faith might increase. He says it in the next verse. That the trial of your faith, so God could perfect you, so God could strengthen you, so God can mold you and take away the dross and bring forth his son in you. Brethren, If you want to increase your chest muscles, your trainer needs to lay a little more weight on the bar. We like when we plateau, right? (laughs) Three sets of ten? No problem. (laughs) You're not even feeling anything after a while. You do that for a few months, you know, what do you got? Two or three plates on there? Yeah, it's me, man, three or four plates. You know, know, and you know, I don't need a spotter, I'm good. Because after a while, you know, you just, you plateau and it's easy peasy. It's just easy to do that. Don't critique my form, I'm I'm just demonstrating, right? It's easy after a while. But if you want growth to happen, the trainer or you or your spot has got to say, well, let's put a little more weight on, this, on, the, on the bar. And then the thing drops down. You're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, help, help. You know, you're just, okay. And then after a while, they're assisting you with that. And then, then you can bear that weight. But you never would have gotten those gains. You never would have gotten that strength if there wasn't more weight laid on. And your faith will never be stronger. It will never increase. It will never grow if you're always resisting God, laying a little bit more on you. If need be, manifold temptations. If you want to increase your faith, I hate to say it, the Lord may need to lay some heaviness on you. I'm reading right now the spiritual secret of Hudson Taylor. And I read it every night. It's wonderful and convicting and wonderful. And I read about this young man who had a call to go to China and he's just so burdened to go to China and the troubles and the mental anguish and the anxiety and the sleepless nights and and this and that and the angst about this and the angst about that. And he talks about how this is all a part of his process 
of just God just growing his faith, increasing his faith, strengthening his faith. You know why, brethren? Because in that struggle to trust the Lord when it hurts, to lift that bar when when your pecs are screaming, in that struggle, your faith grows like a muscle. Something gets torn and something builds back even stronger. That's how muscle grows. That's how faith grows. You know, I was reading this the other day. When a tree goes through a storm, you know what happens? Its roots deepen. It grows and gets stronger because the roots, in response to the waves and the wind and the storm, shoot those roots down deeper so it could stand against the the onslaught. And brethren, when you go through a storm, it's not meant to destroy you. It's meant that your faith might get stronger, that your faith might get deeper. You might be a little more rooted in Jesus Christ. So don't be afraid of it. God's not trying to destroy you. He's just trying to draw you a little closer to himself. Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 4 goes up into a mountain and then he deliberately sends his disciples into a storm. Jesus, what are you talking about? You told me to pass over on the other side. I just want to get to the other side, Jesus. He says, I know we're all about the destination, but don't forget the process. Don't forget the journey. (laughs) The journey is what it's all about. This process of me shaping you. I just want to get there. I just want to get over this. I want to get over this hump. I want to feel better. I want to think better. I want this. I want that. And God's like, you're missing the point. I'm shaping something here, son. I'm shaping something here, daughter. I'm trying to make you into something. And I know I'm putting you through something, but it's only to increase that goal, that faith. Maybe, and I'm wrestling with this myself, maybe the problems in your life, not the sin, that's your stupidity. Don't put that on God. You smack your thumb with a hammer. Oh my God, treat me and trust you more. No, that's because you got bad eye-hand coordination like me, right? But you're doing the best you can and wham! You're doing the best you can, and whap! You're doing the best you can, and woo! All those sounds we made at camp, right? right? You're doing the best you can, and your stuff comes upon you? Maybe, just maybe. You can rebuke me later. But maybe those problems in your life have been put there by God to make you grow. Amen. Will you determine to go through the difficulty or just opt out for ease? Of course, that's the determination you've got to have. And finally, 2 Corinthians 10. You believe that? You believe it? Finally. Hurry with me now. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 14. So growing your faith starts with prayer. It's got to be your desire. Growing your faith requires problems. It's going to take your determination to go through them with God. He'll get you through them. They're not forever, but you've got to go through them. And then finally, growing your faith comes with a promise. It's a definite from God the Father. It's a definite. It's not like maybe your faith will grow. It's definite. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 14, the Bible says this. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in the preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope. When your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. So notice Paul had hope the Corinthians' faith would increase. He said, not if your faith increases, but when your faith increases. 
Because if you do things God's way, you can have hope that your faith will grow. It won't be if, it'll be when. It's going to happen. Now, I know the world has jaded you because the world is full of false promises that only offer false hope to the seeker. Any of these sound familiar? You follow this exercise program, you pop this pill, this supplement, you can eat donuts and still get shredded, right? You maybe saw that guy on YouTube, you know? (laughs) Or if you invest in this online business, this Amazon thing, this marketing thing, guess what? You'll be a millionaire in no time. Just send me your money. Or if you just respond to the Prince of Nigeria's email, he will give you half his fortune, (laughs) right? The world is always trying to give you these false promises built on false hope. And the world, the flesh, and the devil, they make men spin their wheels in pursuit of false hope. Religion says, do the best you can, and then maybe God will accept you. That's an awful if. Some guy on his deathbed, some lady on her deathbed, hopefully, maybe God will accept me? That doesn't sound very hopeful. That doesn't sound very promising. That sounds miserable. That sounds awful. But the Bible says, the righteous hath hope in his death. God says, not if, but when. Not maybe, but yes. Not somehow, but surety. God promises you eternal life. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. Look at verse number 3. Verse 6. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Paul says, I have planted, Apollos watered, But God gave the increase. So then neither is he that watereth, planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth, he that watereth, are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. I know all the implications of that doctrinally, but what I'm trying to say right now very simply is this. If you're laboring for the Lord, if you're building on His foundation, if you're trying the best you know how to do things God's way, you can have confidence that God will give the increase. You labor for Him, you do it God's way, it's not maybe you'll make a million, it's not maybe you'll lose that weight. God says, no, I will give the increase. I will grow your faith if you'll do it my way. Remember, the apostles knew where to get the increase from. They said, increase our faith to the Lord. They knew God was going to give the increase. They said, Jesus, we need you to help us increase. We need you to help us grow. Because like Charles Spurgeon said, without Christ, there is no hope. But in Christ, it's not if with Jesus Christ, it's when. If you'll wait on him and stay with him and just keep going for him. For all the promises of God in him are yea and amen. God makes you a promise. You do it my way. You build on my foundation. You follow my steps. You walk in my law. You love me. Guess what? I'll increase your faith. I'll grow your faith. I'll make you more than you were before. Say, Lord, but I'm broken. I'm I'm limping and I'm, I'm in pain. God says exactly where I want you to be. Weak. God, Hudson Taylor said, God uses men weak and feeble enough to lean on him. Amen. God says, you feel weak? You feel broken? Stay right there. I can make something out of that broken vessel. God, but we just got to hang in there. 
You can plant a seed. You could water that seed. But if God doesn't give the increase, it's not growing. Hey, have you ever done this? I've planted stuff that I've seen you plant, and you got this monstrosity in your backyard. You know what I got? I got Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. It looks like some anemic guy out of a UNICEF commercial falling over sideways. It's just like, what is this thing? I did the same thing. I put the same food on it. I put the same water on it. It's got the same sunlight that you gave it. Hey, the old-time farmers knew that if God don't give the increase, it ain't growing. But you know what's happened? We've grown accustomed to trusting in ourselves. You need something? Amazon it. I'll have it here this afternoon. Yeah, we've trusted in ourselves. You know what that produces? Anxiety. Stress, because you know, now it's on me. What do I got to do? How do I got to do? I got to do. I, am I going to work out this time? Am I going to succeed this time? Can I tell you something that I'm learning as of late? You are not in control. And you are helpless in more areas than you'd like to realize. So you know what you should do like the song says, Jesus loved my soul? Hang your helpless soul on him. And God says, I'll make you stand. I'll help you grow. I'll help you walk. Jesus said in Matthew, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Go to Job 11. Here's my last verse. Making any sense? Hopefully it's a little bit of a challenge to you. Um, I'll preach for an hour and a half next week. All right. But which of you can make his faith increase in his own strength and wisdom? How do you increase your faith? What do you got to do? I'm going to read my Bible more. That might be the means, but that's not really it. I've got to pray more. No, it's not what you do. It's what you kind of allow him to do. It's you kind of just giving up and saying, Lord, I just want you. Will you have me? And God's, ooh, I could, ooh, I like that. I could do something with that. Job eleven fourteen. If iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away. And let no not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. God says, clean some stuff up. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thou shalt be steadfast and shalt not fear. Because thou shalt forget thy misery. And remember it as waters that pass away. And thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. Thou shalt shine forth. Thou shalt be as the morning. And thou shalt be secure because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. And thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. Yea, many shall make suit unto thee, but the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape. And their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. He's saying, if you follow the Lord and put that iniquity away, even if it's the iniquity of unbelief, you have nothing to fear. Because you're not in control. You're not in control. When you lay yourself down as a living sacrifice, you're dead. You're in the hands of your high priest. You're not in control. If you're not in control and you trust the Savior is leading you, guess what? You don't have anything to fear. Oh, fear will rise up. But you can remind yourself that, you know what? Like the verse says, there is hope. I could put my head down and not be afraid. I can lie down and my sleep can be sweet because I'm just doing it his way. And though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. That's the promise we have. 
If I told you there were a sure bet to invest your money, not a scam, a sure bet that would give you amazing returns, amazing dividends, wouldn't you do it? Say, I got a thousand laying on over here. I got a few thousand over here. I got 50 cents over here. You know, I'll put something in something. I'll give a return. You know, you do that with like your CDs now, right? CDs are doing well. Matt might speak to Matt Mayette. I don't know anything about banking. He doesn't either, but he works for one. But anyway, you know, you just kind of like, you put your money in something like that, like a CD. Oh, that'll give me a return. That's a sure bet. Why wouldn't I do it? Listen, if God promised to increase your faith, if you would just relinquish it to him, trust in him and follow him, Are you willing to invest in that sure bet that would pay dividends into eternity, that would increase your faith from now until forever? Choice is yours. You know, you drive around and I may see your garden or your landscaping and be inspired to grow the same flowers or shrubs, but I want to know, does seeing these young people talk about God or does hearing a message like this provoke you to grow your faith or just give up? Just say, oh, it's too hard. Yeah, because you're trying to do it yourself. Give up and give it to God. And he promised, I'll increase your faith. I'll help you to abound. Let's have a word of prayer. And as we pray.